Well, Merry Post-Christmas Week, everybody. Uh, I don't know about you, but it feels like this week is a holiday's worth of weeks in and of itself. That, that gap between Christmas and New Year, just, just that opportunity for a real-life reset. And I hope you and your family are, are having that. And I hope it helps to have one more talk about Christmas at the table. Now, some of you got to be thinking like, I thought we were done with this, right? Christmas at the table. Christmas happened a couple uh, days ago at this point. Like, can, can we be done with the series? And the answer is no, you can't. You're like, this pastor right here is way too much of a type A person to stop before we have finished every single seat at the table. And so far, we have left four chairs untalked about, and we're going to talk about them today. You got a good guess of who they are? Uh, out of the 12 disciples that Jesus brought together at his last supper, which four have we not mentioned? Now, I know when I ask this to happen, a lot of you are super shy about uh, using the comments field. But if you got a good guess of uh, which disciples aren't mentioned, uh, go ahead and, and put that in the chat field right now. I'm going to give you a little bit of clue. We talked about James and John already. Those were the angry, angry and the opportunistic. Uh, we talked about Matthew and Judas. Those were the greedy and the betraying. We talked about Simon the Zealot and Thomas. Those were the fighting and the doubting. Uh, we talked about Philip and Bartholomew, or Nath Nathaniel as his name was often known. Uh, those were the eager, the, excuse me, the enthusiastic as, as, as well as the skeptic. We also talked about Mary, Martha, and Mary, who we also believe to be there. And they were, they were the head, the heart, and the soul. Which four have we not talked about yet? Can you guess? I bet a lot of you are thinking Peter. Right? Ding, ding, ding. If that's uh, what, you, what you're thinking right now. Big name. A super famous guy uh, for, for how he followed, followed Jesus. So we got to talk about him at least a little bit. But who are the other three? I bet a lot of you were not thinking Andrew, Peter's brother. I bet a lot of you were not thinking about Thaddeus, and a lot of you were not thinking about James, the son of Alphaeus. All right, what do we know about those last three guys? Pretty much nothing. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, James, the son of Alphaeus, he was Matthew's brother, and that, that's kind of a cool thing. Um, but he's also nicknamed as his younger brother. He's named James the Younger or nicknamed James the Less. How would you feel if that was stuck on the last part of your name? Like, hey, Brian the Less. Uh, that, that's how they referred to James. Uh, he might have been the cousin of Jesus. He maybe was from a priestly tribe. He could have spent some time as a zealot. He probably disapproved of his brother's tax collecting business. But really, we don't know anything about the second James. That's it. We just don't know anything about him. And pretty much the same thing with Thaddeus. Hilariously, no one can even get Thaddeus's name right in the Bible. Mark, whose book we've been in for several months now and will continue to be in well into this new year, um, he calls him Thaddeus. But Luke refers to him as Judas. And Matthew refers to him as Labius. Like, we can't even get the guy's name right. Who, who is he? Like, he asks one question in John 14, for which he's cited, and that's great. But after that, that's it. 
James and Thad are the unknowns in the Bible. That's the seat they sit in. The seat of being unknown. Uh, If they were the unknowns, that would make Andrew then the overlooked. Okay? They're sitting here in the unknown seat. Andrew's sitting in the seat of just being flat out overlooked. Uh, Your brother is the most famous Christian of all time. Okay, in the Christian tradition, there is no one more famous than Peter, his brother, than than Jesus himself. Right? But imagine being that brother, but nothing's famous about you. Jesus gets around to picking the, the, the 12 disciples. And then amongst those, he sets aside three of them as the super special, super close, like, I'm going to spend a little extra time with you kind of people. And Jesus picks James and John, a, a sibling pair. Okay, this is great. Then he picks Peter. And I'm, I'm sure Andrew's thinking, oh, this is even better. This is getting closer. I'm the next one up. I'm the next one in line. I'm about to be promoted here. And then nothing. Andrew doesn't get picked. He's just overlooked. It's one thing when you are over here feeling unknown. It's a a whole weightier thing when you're unknown because you're overlooked. And plenty of us, we're feeling quite familiar with, with, with these two chairs right now. You know, if, if you're over here uh, as the unknown, you just haven't been given your shot. You haven't been given a good look. Maybe you're too young. Uh, maybe you don't have enough on your resume. You don't, maybe you don't have anyone who's giving you the experience that would let you add something to your resume. Maybe you got a big idea, but no one will give you the funding. Maybe you have a big open heart, but no one's giving you a chance to love them. Uh, Maybe uh, you got this big extra room in your house, but you have no kids of your own to fill it with. It's just unknown. Unknown. It's like your name isn't even known. It's like like you're James the Less or Thaddeus the... What's his name again? We're we're not sure. We're just going to keep changing his name. You, You feel like this is your seat right here. Or maybe you feel a little more like Andrew. And you feel overlooked. You, you have the right experience. You, you took the same path as the person who got promoted. It's interesting, actually, that Andrew is the one who left his fishing nets first. He followed John the Baptist back while Peter was still in the fishing business. And when Jesus called the 12 disciples, he actually called Andrew first. He was first on the scene. This is the guy who's working the hardest, but still overlooked. Maybe you're just as talented as the next person, but... So-and-so's startup is working instead of yours. Maybe uh, you had people that could have been your business partner, people who could have been your significant other, but they just overlooked you and chose someone else. Uh, maybe, maybe you had your own kids, but they just don't choose to come around a- anymore. You, you did the right thing at the right time, but you just overlooked after that. Being overlooked is the insult on top of the injury of of being unknown. And some of us are just so alone right now, sitting in one of these two seats. Maybe not everywhere, but, but somewhere in our lives, 
somewhere in our life, in some aspect of life that was so, so important to us to be known, we're feeling unknown, alone, or overlooked. But then there's Peter. Oh, Peter, that, that, that pinpoint of, of, of our envy right here. That one person in your life who's always around and who's so close to you and represents everything that is not enough about you. That person is everything you're not. They have everything that you don't have. The person uh, who, who started when we did. The person who worked no harder than we did. The person who, their, their faults and their failures are clearly on display for everyone to see. Just like our scriptures do such an amazing job of telling us all the blunders and terrible and dumb things that, that Peter did. But, but still, people like him catch all the breaks. They receive all the attention, the praise. They get a big name well, we feel like we're in one of these two seats over here with no name. Or, or, or maybe you're Peter. Maybe, maybe this is actually your seat where you're at. Uh, you have a big name. You are the winner. Someone who's been on the path of success for some time now. You, however, know that the hill that you're standing on doesn't necessarily have the greener grass. Yeah, you, you do a good job counting your blessings. I know you do. And uh, you can list out your opportunities and the things that you're thankful for. But some days, some days it's just so hard. Living up to the bar that's set for sitting right here, that a lot of days you're the one who envies. You're the one who wishes life was a little bit simpler. You were the one who wished that the expectations or less. You're wishing that you just had a spot of being in a less spot. Sometimes because deep down you feel like you're the less. Anyway, that, in fact, that's, that's what Peter says when he first meets Jesus. In Luke chapter 5, verse 8, it says that he fell at his knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Unworthy. That, that's the seat that, that, that Pete's actually sitting in. When, when Jesus called him the rock and Jesus said he'd build his church upon him, meanwhile, Peter from there goes on to fumble through his long list of continually present failures, feeling like Jesus should have just listened to him in the first place And when he said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinner. You should have picked somebody else. And a lot of you feel like that just can't do this. You can't keep it up. You can't keep performing at this level. You married someone who's better than you deserve. You got amazing kids who are turning out well and are better than you deserve. You got a better home, a better job, and a better retirement fund than you feel you deserve. And so for a lot of us, the comparison with what we have to who we actually are. The gap between it just leaves us feeling so inadequate, never enough, and always unworthy. A lot of us sit in this chair, right here. Successful lives, amazingly successful lives, but still sitting in the chair of unworthiness. But here's the good part. 
All right, look around. Everybody gets a seat at the table. And what we have got to get is that the seat that you get at the table is not the seat that you brought for yourself. You didn't have to carry in your own chair. You're not the one who, who had to earn a spot or mark your name at a, at a place setting. The fact of the matter is that the chairs at the table belong to the person who also owns the table and the one who sends out the invite. So whatever seat you get to sit on is precisely the seat that you're given. So if, if you are the person who is, who is unknown and, and you feel like this, peer, this past year and a year gone by, you, you just flat out didn't do enough and no one gave you enough opportunities, nobody noticed you enough, whatever it is, it, it's not about you. You gotta appreciate that. It wasn't about Thaddeus. It wasn't about James the Less. Uh, if, if all that can be said of you this year is, is that you just showed up and you kept showing up. That's great. When we as people come to the spot of saying there is a God-given place for us in this world, and so I am going to wake up every darn day and fill that place that God's given me consistently, continually, that's all there is to life. That's all that that could be said of Thaddeus and, and as well as James, the son of Alphaeus. They were there. They were there. And so if this was the year you were there, just take some pride in that. Maybe you feel more like Andrew. This was the year that you got overlooked. And if so, I'm sorry. I know it hurts and I know it's hard. Comparisons can be a killer, but couldn't we just be the one to kill the comparisons? Why do we make ourselves so miserable. Again, why not just sit and enjoy the seat that God has given us in this world instead of looking over here and comparing it to someone whose, whose seat looks shinier? Or, or, or maybe you're Peter, right? You're a big name. You're a big deal. You, you, got, you got a lot of stuff done and to the naked eye, everyone's impressed with you, but deep down inside, you're Still struggling with that sense of unworthiness. But again, who are you to judge? Who are you to even judge yourself? The seat you get at the table is the seat that God gives you at the table. It's not about whether you are worthy to sit here or or not. It's about whether you or not you trust the one who is worthy and pointed at this chair and said, that's your seat. Why don't you take it right now? And when you do take your chair, God's got big things and big differences and big changes he wants you to make. Don't you dare let yourself feel like it's on you to try to live up to the chair that God has placed you in. It's not. It's about taking another humble stride with his yoke around you knowing that Jesus is the one who is enough and that all you're doing is staying close by his side and walking in stride with him. That's all. That's all it is to be in the shiny chair. All seats. Every single one of the seats at this table, whether we're talking about the four gentlemen for Tim Day or, or others around here, it's, it, they're, they're all there because it's Jesus' table. And they're all there because he is the one who has gotten himself into the middle 
He said, it's, it's, it's because, it's because my body is broken for you. And, and he said, it's because my life is poured out for you. That's why you have a seat with God here at this table. And that's why every other person gets their seat here as well. All of these hard to loves and hard to understands and often sometimes we envy of them and oftentimes we dislike them. This is why all of them are welcomed at the table. The table where Jesus said, welcome to a new covenant. This time, the covenant of welcome is given to you as a gift with me at the middle. The only reason this works is because the gift in the middle of it all is me given for you. So whether right now you're feeling like the one is over, unworthy, overlooked, or just flat out unknown, take your seat of welcome from the one who is enough. Merry Christmas one more time. Can't say it enough. And Happy New Year, Lake Point Church. Love you guys all.